Now turn with me tonight to um, the book of Job. Job chapter 11. Job chapter 11. Then answered Zophar, the Namathite, and said, Should not the multitude of words be answered? And should a man full of talk be justified? Should thy lies make men hold their peace? And when thou mockest, shall no man make thee ashamed? For thou hast said, My doctrine is pure, and I am clean in thine eyes. But oh, that God would speak, and open his lips against thee, and that he would show thee the secrets of wisdom, that they are double to that which is. Know therefore that God exacteth of thee less than thine iniquity deserveth. Canst thou by searching find out God? Canst thou find out the Almighty unto perfection? It is as high as heaven. What canst thou do? Deeper than hell. What canst thou know? The measure thereof is longer than the earth and broader than the sea. If he cut off and shut up or gathered together, then who can hinder him? For he knoweth vain men. He seeth wickedness also. Will he not then consider it? For vain man would be wise, though man be born like a wild ass's coat. If thou prepare thine heart and stretch out thine hands toward him, if iniquity be in thine hand, Put it far away, and let not wickedness dwell in thy tabernacles. For then shalt thou lift up thy face without spot. Yea, thou shalt be steadfast, and shalt not fear. Amen. We'll end the reading there at verse 15. And we pray that God will stamp with his own approval and blessing this reading of his own infallible word. Now my subject tonight I've entitled... Spiritual Lessons from a Donkey. Now in the Bible, God often compares and describes men with the animal kingdom. It's true that men resemble the beasts of the field, especially regarding certain modes of behaviour and lifestyle. In Psalm 49, verse 20, we read, for example, man that is in honour and understandeth not, is like the beast that perishes. 
all mankind in general are described in the Bible as sheep. Isaiah 53 and verse 5. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid in him the iniquity of us all. When John the Baptist was preaching at the river Jordan. And the Pharisees and the scribes came. He said to them. O generation of vipers. Who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Matthew 3 and 7. The Lord Jesus even described Herod. As that fox, go tell that fox. Luke thirteen thirty two. The the apostle Paul in Philippians three and three talked about beware of dogs, beware of evildoers. The apostle Peter talked about men uh, behaving as natural brute beasts. And here in Job eleven, a man by the name of Zophar. The um, Nehemite, he is addressing Job. And he is giving his opinion and his view as to why Job, as a godly man, is suffering such calamity in his life. Now remember at this time Job is ill. And he is uh, there sitting uh, with a number of companions. And Zophar is one of them. And these companions are talking about Job as to why all this has befallen him. And he's falsely accusing Job of uh, sinful activity. Uh, And in the course of his diatribe, he compares man to a wild ass's coat. Or or compares man to a, a donkey. Now think about it. This is an accurate Yet a wonderful picture of man. And there are certain spiritual lessons we can glean from studying the donkey. In the Middle East, of course, 4,000 years before Christ, before there was motor cars or before there was um, motor bikes, you'd have seen loads of donkeys. You'd have seen hundreds of thousands of donkeys the land of Israel and other parts of the Middle East, they were a valuable commodity. They were a symbol of wealth. Job had hundreds of them before they were killed, stolen. It was a great mode of transportation. It was certainly better than walking. It was a beast of burden. And I thought... Because I was speaking to one of you about the war horse earlier in the week. I thought about maybe some spiritual lessons from animals in the Bible. And here's one that come to mind. The wild ass's coat. Listen to the text. For, for vain man would be wise. Though man be born like a wild ass's coat. Or though man be born like a donkey. Three things. You see, the donkey is a picture of the sinner in need of salvation. You see, according to the Bible, the donkey or the wild ass was in the eyes of God an unclean animal, a a, a solid animal. In Leviticus 11, certain animals were to be offered in sacrifices and others were not. In Leviticus 11, certain animals were to be eaten for food and others were not. The same information is given Deuteronomy 14. 
And both these chapters, Deuteronomy 14, Leviticus 11, tells us which ones could be eaten and offered in sacrifice. Ones that part the hoof, ones that are cloven-footed, and ones that chew the cud. However, if an animal, say, parts the hoof but doesn't chew the cud, that animal was designated unclean and not to be eaten. In Leviticus 11 and 4 mentions a few that are not to be eaten for food. The camel, the coney, the hare, the swine. What we're told in verse 8, of their flesh shall ye not eat. And these were dietary laws that were given to the children of Israel. God was saying, look, don't eat these. And don't offer these in sacrifice. And here's the reason. Because I want you to make a difference between what is clean and unclean in my sight. And because I'm holy, then I don't want you to eat or offer these animals in sacrifice. Now the donkey is an animal that doesn't part the hoof or chew the cud. And it's therefore regarded as an unclean animal in the sight of God. A natural man in that sense is similar to a wild donkey because he's born in the sight of God as an unclean thing. Isn't this what Isaiah the prophet says in Isaiah 64? He says, but we are all as an unclean thing and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. We all do fade as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind. Have taken us away. We were born sinners by nature and practice. Psalm 51 and 5. Behold I was shaped in iniquity. And then sin did my mother conceive me. The Lord Jesus in Matthew 23, 27. Describes the Pharisees as hypocrites. He says you're, you're like whitened sepulchres. You're beautiful on the outside to look at. But inside you're full of dead men's bones. You're full of all uncleanness. A natural man is unclean in the sight of God. Natural man in a spiritual sense is like the donkey. He is also spiritually senseless. You've heard it said when something has happened uh, that you probably didn't want to happen. Uh, you, You stupid boy or you stupid girl. And it's not that that boy or girl hasn't got a certain degree of intelligence or hasn't a, an IQ. Um, it, it's that present thing that they're doing that they haven't done right in your eyes and, and you look upon them as, as behaving like a donkey. See, see, a donkey as an animal is senseless. And spiritual man, natural man, hasn't got one ounce of spiritual discernment. See, Zophar said to Job, for vain man would be wise. The word vain means empty, senseless. Think you're wise, Job. That's what he was saying. Think you're a smart man. But Job, in this area, you've got no sense. You're just like a wild ass. You're stupefied in that you can't see your sin. Doesn't the Bible say of man in 1 Corinthians 2 and 14, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for their foolishness unto him, neither can he know of them, but are spiritually discerned. Job asked the question, 
See, he mentioned the wild ass. Does the wild ass bray when he had grass? The answer is no. Isaiah, the, the, the prophet tells us in Isaiah chapter 1 and in the verse 3, speaking again about the, the ass, he says this, The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib. But Israel doth not know. My people doth not consider a sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers. Children that are corruptors, they have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward. Ass is not only associated with senselessness, but it's associated with stubbornness. A donkey wants its own way. I heard about a man who tried to get a donkey to move and uh, he hit the donkey. Uh, and he, he kicked the donkey in his anger. Uh, and he tempted the donkey with a carrot on a stick. And he still couldn't get the donkey to move. In fact, he put a fire under the donkey. And he singed its flesh and its hair till it burned. And he still couldn't get the donkey to move. I heard about another man who tried to put two donkeys into one of these little carts that would go along the road. And neither of the donkeys would move. See, a donkey is rebellious by nature. It's stubborn. It's born that way. Isn't it interesting if you turn your Bible to the book of Genesis and think about Ishmael. Ishmael, remember, the, the son of the flesh. Uh, born of Hagar and Abraham. And over there in Genesis 16, we read in verse 12. This is what Ishmael's like. Genesis chapter 16, verse 12. Now look at it. And he will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man. And every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. Now, now that was literally fulfilled. But it's also prophetic. And we're seeing that at this minute in time. Because Ishmael of course is the father of the Arab nation. And we're told that he was to be a wild man. And his hand was to be against every man and every man's hand against his. And as a type of the flesh that's literally true. And we're seeing that even in the Middle East at this time and in these days Arab fighting Arab Arab murdering Arab another thing about the donkey is the donkey can go astray and get lost in search of food or grass especially a wild one they end up in a place where it's not really sure where it is or how to get back now the word of God tells us that men by nature like a donkey and that's the picture tonight they're unclean they're senseless, they're without discernment, they're not wise, they're stubborn, they, they, they stray away. Now here's a great message, is there any hope? And the answer to that is yes. Did you know that the donkey needed to be saved? Oh yes, that's what the word of God tells us. Turn over there to not, or, sorry, Exodus 13. Exodus 13. And let's read verse 13. Exodus 13, verse 13.
Exodus 13, 13. And every firstling of an ass shall thou redeem with a lamb. And if thou wilt not redeem it, then thou shalt break his neck. And all the firstborn of man among thy children shalt thou redeem. Now isn't it interesting? Every firstling of an ass shalt thou redeem with a lamb. Can you imagine the donkey giving birth to its first baby donkey? And say it's a farm and the farmer decides, oh well, I'm going to kill the donkey. You can just get the picture on a farm when, when a new calf was born, there's excitement. That's the bull calf and you want to shoot it. Think of a little cat having a litter of kittens. Children coming to see it. New little chickens born. Ducklings. Maybe a horse having a foal. Or a deer. Can imagine a child coming to a dad. Seeing the dad leading the little donkey out. He's just been born. And saying, Daddy, what are you doing? And him saying, I'm going to kill this donkey. And the wee child saying, no, let it live, Daddy. Daddy, let it be my wee pet. Daddy, I, I look after it. And if the Daddy doesn't listen, maybe there's a shout to Mommy. Uh, come to the rescue. And then the Daddy's saying, son, well, there's one way for this little donkey to live. We need to kill a lamb. Fetch a lamb. The lamb's, of course, the emblem of purity, the emblem of gentleness. And the lamb's killed. The throat of the lamb is usually cut. And the blood is poured out. It's an unpleasant, horrible scene. But because of the death of the lamb, the firstborn of the donkey can live. And you know, there's a more horrible scene because we're brought to Mount Calvary. And we're brought to the sacrifice of the lamb of God. And we think of Peter's words. Know ye not that you're redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish. Here's the grace and mercy of God to sinners. God has provided a lamb. Yes, we're unclean. Yes, we, we're senseless spiritually. Yes, we're without spiritual discernment. Yes, we're not wise in our own eyes. Yes, we're stubborn by nature. Yes, we stray away from God. But here's a wonderful thing. 1 Timothy 1.15, this is a, a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. But God commended his love toward us. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. <clears throat> the ass redeemed by the Lamb. The Lamb takes the place of the ass. And Christ taking the sinner's place that's unclean. So that the sinner can be saved. What a picture. Let's recognize what we are by nature. Let's recognize what we need by the grace of God. We need to be redeemed. That redemption has been provided. You're called upon to partake. If you come and say, Lord, I'm an unclean sinner. Lord, Lord, I'm stubborn and rebellious. Lord, I have no spiritual discernment of myself. You've shown me now I'm a sinner. I need to be saved. Lord, left to myself, I'm going astray. Lord, you've provided redemption for me. Save me. See, the donkey is a picture of the sinner in need of salvation. Very quickly. 
The donker's a picture of a servant in the field of service. You see, the donkey is an illustration of service. Did you know that the donkey was required by the Lord? Whenever the Lord Jesus came to Bethphage in Matthew 21, he said to his disciples, go on into the village. When you go in there, you'll see an ass tied and there'll be a colt with the ass. I want you to loose them and bring them to me. And if anybody asks you what you're doing, I want you to say this. The Lord hath need of them. Now, have you ever asked yourself, why did the Lord Jesus do that? Well, what was his reason? He certainly wasn't wanting to steal an ass or, or the cold of an ass. Well, we'll give you the reason. Over there in Zechariah uh, chapter 9 and the verse 9, we read, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, shout for Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. And over there in Matthew chapter 21 and in the verse 4, it says, All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass, and a colt, the foal of an ass. Now think of this. This wild, unclean animal that needed to be redeemed, and the moment it was redeemed, redeemed by the Lamb, it was required by the Lord. And you tonight, like that wild, unclean animal, if you have been redeemed, then I want to say tonight to all of us, the Lord of need of you, the Lord of need of us. We have been chosen to serve. We have been chosen and saved to be employed in his service. We have been chosen to bear him before men. We have chosen to be a witness and a testimony for Christ. We have been chosen so that Christ can be lifted up. We have been chosen to be used. And if the Lord can use an ass, he can use us. See, let's remember this in the Bible. The donkey was used in warfare. Did you know that? Remember the day that Samson slew a thousand Philistines? How did he do it? The Bible tells us with the jawbone of an ass. A thousand Philistine soldiers coming upon Samson. Maybe Samson thought, what can I use? He had no spear, he had no gun, he had no sword. He looks in the ground and what does he see? He sees the jawbone of an ass. What does he do? He uses it to the glory of God. Nothing special about the jawbone of an ass. We could have to say tonight, well, there's nothing special about me. There's nothing special about my talent, my ability. Maybe you feel tonight like I often feel, well, well I'm a nobody in the service of God. And yet if the Lord used in the hand of Samson the jawbone of an ass, then the Lord can use you. The Lord can use me. All we have to do is yield ourselves to him. Make ourselves available. See, the Lord can take up your nothingness and mine and use you and me for his glory. 
think of this call to battle that's going out now in the Congress. We can come to the Lord and say, well, well, here am I, Lord. I'm willing to be used. Uh, Lord, you can use me to serve you in this warfare. The Bible encourages us to wage a good warfare. To fight the good fight of faith. Our enemies are the world, the flesh, the devil. Our enemies are apostasy and religious declension and falsehood in every hand. And who's going to stand for Christ? Well, here's the answer. The Lord of need of you. Just like the Lord required the donkey. So that Christ could be lifted up before the people to be seen. The donkey served in warfare. Very quickly, the donkey served in words. Did you know that? I want you to think of Balaam tonight. Riding on a donkey and he's going to curse the people of God. And he's getting paid to do it by the enemies of God. And in the way, there was an angel with a drawn sword. And the donkey stops. The donkey doesn't go on. The donkey's more sense than Balaam. And what did Balaam do? He beats the donkey. Do you know what the donkey did? The donkey speak. The donkey opened his mouth to speak. But how do we know that? Well, isn't that recorded in the Bible? Look, look with me at Second Peter for a moment. I, I don't want to give an exposition of Second Peter, but look, look at Second Peter. It, it's a tremendous statement here. Second Peter, chapter two, verse sixteen. He's speaking about apostasy, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray following the way of Balaam, the son of Bozor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. Notice this, but was rebuked for his iniquity. Who rebuked him? The dumbass speaking with man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. You see, if the donkey served in words, Warning Balaam not to take a step further because it would be off with his head. Then you and I have a duty to warn men and women. We have a duty to warn them about the reality of hell. We have a duty to speak to them about wrath to come. Maybe you say, like I often feel, well, well I can't speak. You, you maybe think, well, well, I'm not fluent. I haven't the gift of the gab. Listen, if God can open the mouth of a donkey to speak for him, God can use any one of us. There was a student who went to a fancy church one time. He was from a leading university. The minister was told there's an agnostic in the congregation. It was a small church. The minister, he prepared these great sermons, something probably I would do. And uh, he, he, he preached on the existence of God and he gave different arguments and theological terms for his existence. And eventually this university student came to the minister just to tell him that he got saved. And the minister was overjoyed, delighted, and said to him, which one of my sermons was it that convinced you? And you know what he said? None of them, sir. And of course the old minister was replied, and then the minister said, well, 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 how did you get saved then? And he says, do you see that wee old lady there going out of church tonight? There was one evening I was helping her down the steps and she had got a wee stick with her. 
I took her by the arm, and as I got to the bottom step, you know what she asked me? Young man, do you know my Savior? And he says, I went away from her, and I couldn't get the words out of my mind. Do you know my Savior? And at that point, I didn't. But he says, I've called on the Lord, I've come to know. See, we were singing, speak just a word. That's what the donkey did. It spoke a word, a word of warning. We could speak a word for the Lord. Aye, the donkey served in work as well. In Genesis 49, Issachar is likened to an ass. A beast of burden. And if you think of a donkey, it's a strong little animal. And you could load it up on either side. You could maybe see pictures of a donkey in Donegal with turf on either side or logs on either side. You maybe see pictures of a donkey loaded up in Palestine or some other parts of the Middle East. And it's really amazing how the donkey can serve and work. The Lord loves the donkey. And the Lord cares for the donkey. When the donkey's hungry, it knows where the crib is. The ass knows where its master's crib is. Isaiah 1 and 3. We talk about the dumb donkey. And yet when it's hungry, where food's concerned, it goes. Psalm 104.11 tells us that God provided springs of water to give drink to every beast of the field where the wild ass can quench its thirst. See, God takes care of the donkey. He provides food. He, he, he provides water. Provides something to drink. Do you know that a donkey has a day off in the week? It's in the Old Testament. Do you know that if a donkey's lost, even if it's your enemy's donkey, you were supposed, if you'd found it, to return it to your enemy? If a donkey fell into the ditch on the Sabbath day, you were to bring it out. You weren't just to leave it there and let it die and let it rot. Why? Because God takes care of this beast of burden. And maybe if I apply that to us, God takes care of us. And so oftentimes we confess that we have little faith. We long for that faith to be strengthened and increased. How can our faith be strengthened? How can it be increased? How do you believe that God is going to fill up these empty seats and save souls? Let's remember Romans 10 and 17. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Having an ear, having a heart, having a mind to get a word from God. And when you hear good news, doesn't it thrill your soul? Doesn't it rejoice your heart? Here's the donkey serving in work. Yes, there's burdens to be borne, but God's taking care of it. God provides for it. And there's a burden in God's work. We have to bear that. And yet God loves us. God's taking care of us. And if he cares for the donkey, he can care for you and me. The donkey is a picture of the servant in the field of service. One other thing, and we're finished. The donkey is a picture of slavery 
in the face of a sentence. Turn over there to one final reference. In Jeremiah 22, we read about a man called Jehoiakim. Jehoiakim was a king, but he was a very wicked king. And over there in Jeremiah chapter 22, we read in verse 18, Therefore thus saith the Lord concerning Jehoiakim, the son of um, Joiah, king of Judah, they shall not lament for him, saying, Think of his death now. Ah, my brother. Or ah, sister. They shall not lament for him, saying, Ah, Lord. Or ah, his glory. So whenever he dies, nobody's going to be sorry. That's the picture. Notice verse 19. He shall be buried with the burial of an ass. You see, the donkey is a picture of the slaughtered facing sentence. Jehoiakim's a wicked king. He died as he lived. He lived without God. He lived without repentance. He lived without faith. And Jeremiah is saying, when he dies, even though he's a king, there's nobody going to be saying, Ah, my Lord. Nobody's going to be saying to his brother or sister, We're sorry for your loss. Because they're going to be glad he's gone. And notice this. He shall be buried with the burial of an ass. Now we're speaking about a king. Isn't that interesting? There's no state royal funeral for him. There's no grave of Jehoiakim found in all of Jerusalem. What does this mean? He shall be buried with the burial of an ass, drawn and cast forth beyond the gates of Jerusalem. Can I just tell you in closing, it means that he's buried in the valley of Hinnom. His carcass is taken out and put in the the, the rubbish dump. That was a place where animal carcasses that died in Jerusalem. That was a place where poor beggars that were found dead, lepers and all, but were taken, just wrapped up in cloths and, and thrown into the valley of Hinnom. There was a place of fire burning there continually. A stench of burnt flesh. The Lord Jesus called it Gehenna. Now think of this. The new Jerusalem. The Bible says none that defileth shall enter in. Where will we be when our day of death comes? If we have been silly and stupefied by our sin, then this is the fate that awaits us. We'll be barred without the city for all eternity. Jehoiakim experience the burial of a donkey. What about that? What about you tonight? Come to Christ. Be redeemed by blood. Have the assurance that you'll be inside the city and you'll never ever be cast out. What a terrible thing it is to end up in the place where the fire is not quenched, where the worm dieth not, where there's blackness of darkness forever. Jehoiakim's carcass was thrown into this place called Gehenna, the valley of Hinnom. Think of his soul in the presence 
without God and without Christ in eternity. And he's there forever, waiting the day of resurrection. When he'll hear, depart from me, ye cursed. What a terrible day that will be. We live in light of that day, and yet the donkey's a picture of it. May the Lord take these few lessons and bless them to our heart this evening.